about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt um shelby i don't i don't know if this is a good place to talk about this or not but i was thinking maybe we should start doing some eco-terrorism <laughs> you know i'm game you know i'll be there <laughs> i'm probably already on a fbi watch list at this point so count me in <laughs> i know all of your instagram stories are really yeah, she's on yeah. the brink. She's on the brink. She's, I am. She's one step away from you know blowing up <sighs> yeah. a gas station. Yeah, I know this. I knew this movie would radicalize me, um, but it also just—it's <laughs> something I'll talk about with my therapist. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw, so we're talking about how to blow up, a, blow up a pipeline. Yes, um, which is a movie included. What? Instructions not included. Well, instructions sort of included, <laughs> actually. I mean, did it f- seem like something I could feasibly do? Probably not, but it didn't look that difficult. I think yeah. I think if I had any sort of like it all um like crafty or labor skills that <laughs> it might be something that I could do, but um, Well, you could just be the anarchist, you know, who rolls up and it's a little bit shot up. Yeah, I could be a driver or, you know, some something of that variety, I guess. Um, yeah. Just I don't know if I could feasibly build the pipe bomb without killing myself. Yeah. Well, in the film, it's sort of it, – it's set up as this heist movie. So it's very much about getting a team together, basically. It's like if Ocean's Eleven was serious – and also run by children, you know? So it's like a bunch of teens to early uh, early adults. Let's call them young adults. Yeah. Young yeah. adults. I, I had – so this movie has been floating around on the festival circuit for a while. Yeah. It was definitely in Toronto last fall, but I didn't yeah. see it there. And I honestly probably wouldn't have seen it just because it's such a small movie and there's like not – I mean, there's actors you kind of know, but like not – big name actors except for the fact that i had put my two weeks notice in at buzzfeed and i was like i don't really want to do that much work so let me just sign up to go to as many film screenings as possible (laughs) in that two week time period and this happened to be one of them and so i went and saw it and was like wow i actually love this movie it's so interesting it's got so many different things going on and i was like uh shelby is going to definitely want to see this and have a lot of thoughts and i feel like i pitched it to you as like a you sort did. of like gen z oceans 11 like eco terror like instead of robbing a bank we're blowing up an oil pipeline yeah which you know both of those things i love uh eat the rich and also <laughs> fuck oil you know <laughs> yes yes of course um things i live by but no i It's interesting because I just saw this. You saw it a few weeks ago, so you're a little bit more removed from it. Whereas I'm still like over a month ago, I think. So yeah, 
And we'll so see how much more... <laughs> I remember everybody because the Wikipedia summary was not giving me all the details yeah. that I needed. No, it it's definitely like it's one of those movies that you know it's a pretty simple idea. It's literally these um, you know Gen Z kids who have grown up in an environmental crisis and are dealing with the sense of lack of control and kind of hopelessness and their reaction is um to take action and um as they call it it's an act of self-defense because the world is at risk and so all these kids have different ends to this sort of radicalization one of them zochi she's kind of the ringleader um her mother dies uh during a heat wave. And then there's a one of the characters who has cancer after growing up near a power plant. And there's an indigenous um uh native, I think North Dakota, I want to say, um yeah, who, cold. Yeah, <laughs> so much cold, who's dealing with, you know, a pipeline being built in his reservation. Um, and then there's a couple of like anarchists and, um, oh yeah, a farmer whose land has been co-opted by the government through this legal loophole for building a pipeline. And so they're all like dealing with direct and larger influences of this cult, uh, environmental crisis. And so they decide to just do something. Um, and it's based on this book, which is a nonfiction manifesto by a Swedish environmentalist, Andreas Malm, with the same title, that's basically all about like, you know, the only way forward is sabotage and climate eco-terrorism, basically, Um, which is a very interesting discourse in and of itself. But the movie, which was put together by a hand, like three people during COVID, um, one of whom is the main actor actress in this show. Um, they're all young. They're all under the age of like 35. And they they wrote this script, got it put together, couldn't find funding because so many, you know, people are funded by oil and it's kind of a, a tricky situation. So it's an independently financed film. And it was just kind of this little movie that could now. And um, it's been received really well. But it's also not playing very widely. And me thinks <laughs> there's some conspiracy there because in the good old ga- gas state of Texas, uh, oil capital, um, there's only one showtime in all of Houston. Literally one showtime, not even one theater. It's one showtime that happened to be in my theater in Houston. And so I was able to see it. But I think there was someone out there being like we don't want to show this (laughs) yeah it's being distributed by neon who is you know a smaller distributor and i like i mean i love this movie the movie has gotten very good reviews i think it will continue to get good buzz and get good reviews as more people see it um you know it's something that i think you could see popping up towards the end of the year on like best of lists i don't Mm. think it necessarily has a a lot of awards potential but i think it is a really like interesting clever unique movie yeah that being said like i said the cast is not particularly well known um like one of Lucas Gage, I think is maybe the most well-known person from the cast. And he was like, he's the guy who was um, 
working on White Lotus and was like eating the or whose ass was eaten by the hotel manager. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's. A- He's the guy who went viral for the. The way I knew him was that COVID viral video where he was auditioning and the director didn't silence himself and yes. was talking trash about his apartment. So good to yeah. see him succeeding. And then there's also Sasha Lane, who you might know from the Conversations with Friends uh, television series that also starred Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. <laughs> but, like, she's not – like, n- nobody big named. Yeah. So, uh, I so think I, Marcus Scribner is from, like, Blackish, and he's, like, the most recognizable face for me from that, you know, Blackish, Grownish, Youngish. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's done the gamut, so – yeah, so I can see like that this isn't necessarily going to be a big theatrical release. Yeah. I could see this like dropping on some streaming platform or another and doing like really, really well that way or doing really well like on airplanes or that. <laughs> Do that you kind think of airplanes are going to – I don't think an airplane is going to touch this movie. One, because they depend on <laughs> oil and gas and um... – Yeah, I don't – so I did, while I was in Toronto, I happened to be sitting next to this woman who was like a booker for movies on airplanes. Oh, interesting. Um, and so we were talking about like the different airlines and the types of movies that they went for and whatnot. Um, but I don't know like how much control they necessarily have on like the individual movies that are selected Mm, versus like deals with places like i don't know if neon has a deal with you know united where it's sort of like their movies play on united like so i don't right like do i necessarily think that this is something where people are going to be going out of their way to put it on an airplane like no but i don't know i feel like i definitely have known people who have watched like Air Force One while on an airplane, which or like snakes on a plane or whatever. So well, yeah, no, I I was making sort of a gimmicky like a, joke about how it's not in their interest to show an anti um, oil movie, oil uh, yes. propaganda film. But I do want more people to see this because I think it does something that like Don't Look Up tried, um, and a lot of people don't love that movie. I I enjoyed it, but. I can see why it wasn't as well received, but I think this felt more one rooted in reality because it's not it's not a comedy, but it is trying to get this message across, but also not being a purely propaganda film. Like it's very much a heist movie, a Western film. It's very sharp, very fast, and very entertaining. And you're swept up in this like drama of are they gonna do it? Do I understand why they do it? Do I want them to succeed? Should they succeed? Type of vibes. Which is always a, you know, interesting tension in a film, which is why something like Ocean's Eleven is so watchable is because we like seeing people do maybe morally gray things as long as we understand why they're doing them. And um, I felt like this movie did a good job of it and uh, was very fun to watch. And like you said, it's not like big budget. It's very low budget. It's a small cast. Um, when you watch the credits, it's like there's so much overlap where, you know, the main actor, like I said, was also a writer and producer. But then there were also like the same people doing like lighting and the, you know, there wasn't a lot Makeup of people showing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's something nice about that. It reminded me of watching like short term 12 
and just having this sort of like movie that captures what the next generation's stars will be. And I got the similar vibe here where it's like, yeah, they're kind of like lesser known actors, but they clearly have a passion and a voice and a perspective that I think is more and more relevant. Um, and so, yeah, as a film, like even without the messaging, I thought it was a really good and clever and fresh examination of of a genre that's pretty overdone, you know? Yeah, I also, um, I also think that this does a really good job with the low budget in yeah. the, like it utilizes what it, it, it really plays to its strengths. Well, like I think there's lots of movies that are, uh, that have bigger budgets than this and try to like push it in different ways where you see things and you're like, that looks fakey or like this mm-hmm. doesn't look quite right. But this, you know, it's like mostly kind of set in either the desert or, you know, some like somebody's house so the sets are all feel like very realistic or they are very realistic there's not a lot of like cg going on um but at the same time they're not you know trying to turn you know somebody's backyard into the bomb site or whatever um so i think that they they do that really well also i was very impressed with the writing of this movie Mm. and how all of the sort of threads tie together because you have these different groups of people and yes it is like an Ocean's Eleven movie in that you know you're sort of getting the recruiting of them and then this uh, journey as they go through the various steps of like okay they got to get the different materials they got to all fly to Texas they've got to sort of make the bombs and set up everything and then there's the actual heist itself and then there's the sort of like getaway but it also does something that like Vantage Point does if you ever saw that movie oh, with yeah. um like uh who was in that Dennis Quaid maybe yeah. where it was sort of like six different perspectives on this terrorist attack <laughs> where you're getting the story told to you through the different perspectives of the various members of the team so like it is sort of in chronological order but like the first section will be from this person and then the second per- uh, section will be from this other person and so you're sort of like moving through the different um characters as you get to these segments and, and getting more of their perspective but that also makes the story really interesting because there's certain there's some of the characters who are a little bit untrustworthy and you're not really sure what they're up to. Are they ratting them out to the CIA? Like what's happening? There's also characters who say that their motivation is one thing. And then you kind of slowly realize it's something else. And so it's not until the end when finally all of the pieces fit together and you realize like, Oh, the reason why we saw this person doing this early on was because they were actually, you know, doing this other thing that we didn't, figure out until we got to their perspective later so like i can't imagine watching this movie and not sort of being impressed with the whole thing and with sort of like the puzzle box quality of it and i think that that will do a lot of good for it as more people see it because this feels like something that you're gonna watch and go like wow i gotta tell my friends to see this yeah no it and and all the flashbacks felt like very 
useful. Like it wasn't, there wasn't a single wasted scene. Like I was reading interviews with them and, you know, originally there was more dialogue where they were wrestling with the layers and complexities of is this good, is this bad? Like, are we bad people? Are we good people type thing? And in the end, they realized they didn't need it because one, everyone's already having those questions in the back of their mind as they're watching it. And so they just needed like the bare minimum. But two, in the way they set it up, it's very much like we're dropped in the middle of this thing and we don't see all the nitty gritty of like every single like step it took to get them there. It's really just like quick meetups, quick like hintings at this. And you're able to just fill in the gaps because that's not that's like not what is essential. All you need to know is like you're kind of faced with the reality of our current existence, which is, yeah, we're one step away from being radicalized in a real way because there's so much trauma being thrown at us or that we're living through or whatever it is with this like looming sense of doom. And so I liked that it was so sparse and and that made it more affecting because you didn't get tangled up in exactly what this character was thinking or why this character was doing it. Instead, you were able to bring a lot of your own baggage to the theater, <laughs> at least in my case, um, and really just sit in it and like see how, you know, relatable it is. I don't know. Did you feel like it was relatable? I was like, oh, yeah, I, I could see myself. <laughs> No, I definitely think that. Um, well, they, they all the character development is so good, though. Yeah. Like, it's so the movie is not long, but yeah. for having so many characters, I feel like you really get a strong sense of like who they all are, what their sort of personality is, what their their thing is. Like, they're very separate in my mind, even yeah. now, a, a month later, where a lot of movies that have less characters than this are more muddled. Yeah. Um, I also think that they do, it's a, it's a good choice for the movie. And I think for that sort of like feeling yourself be radicalized in what they actually choose to do, which yeah. is just blow up this one segment of a pipeline, um, which feels very manageable. You know, it's not like they're <laughs> infiltrating some sort of base or they're killing somebody or they're taking someone yeah. hostage or something like that, that feels sort of outlandish. Like. Like there are people who know how to blow or to make homemade bombs. Like that's a thing that people know how to do and do. Um, there are just like long sections of oil pipeline that are abandoned, um, like in the wilderness of Texas. So it does kind of like feel like something that a normal group of people could manage to do um, in a way that I think works for the film. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I don't I don't necessarily feel like I left the theater being like, wow, like I need to start, you know, doing vigilante justice. But I did I did leave the theater thinking like, okay, sometimes these bigger like apparatuses are actually not as like strong and sturdy as you think they are, and that there are ways to sort of like combat that. Um you know, whether that be like legislation or journalism or, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it also does just like it, it gives you sort of a righteous indignation feeling watching it of like, mm -hmm. yeah, like it's very easy to root for these people and to root against these oil companies and to be like thrilled when 
they blow up the pipeline at the end. Like, yeah, so exciting. Well, and because it's like, I, I think there was this moment early on in the film. Um, one of the first flashbacks is with Sochi and Sean, who are both at this um, liberal, like, Ivy League coded college, right? They're there to get yes. a degree and they are involved in the environmental efforts. You know, they have some sort of club they're participating in, activist stuff where they're like, you know, printing flyers and planning um, protests and whatnot. And after her mom's death, Zochi's just like, what's the point of this? Like, this isn't doing anything. Uh-huh. And this is where I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> Because then it cuts to Sean, who's, uh, you know, he's um, doom scrolling in his dorm, just like seeing a Twitter feed that's like, oh, yeah, like, go vote or making snarky jokes about like, we're all going to die, you know? And I was like, that's like exactly where I think a lot of us sit. Um, And there's this sort of armor that social media allows us where we feel like we're participating in the discourse or like caring about the world, but we're not actually doing anything. And it's like sort of this like, I don't know, corralling of like like like-minded people, but it's this, it's basically, you know, social media isn't real life. Like it's no matter how much of a community you build online, no matter how many you know, validating tweets or articles you see, like it's never real. And I think sometimes we get lost in just letting ourselves feel something, you know, we're like hashtag learning and growing, but like not doing. And so I thought it was really powerful and thought provoking to have these characters be all be at these different style of moments where they're you know, they know enough, they do understand the complexity, but there's just this pushing point where it's like, but I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not accomplishing anything and I need to get like boots on the ground, like actually put some skin in the game and do this. And so I liked that there was that element of it because um, I think that's where, like, yeah, to your point, do I want to go become an eco-terrorist? No, but I understand so viscerally like why that sometimes feels like it's the only solution and the only thing that'll get people to change and make the drastic changes needed so that this world can be survivable Mm -hmm. um and so i like that the story allowed those characters to just have these really realistic and truthful moments because we all have those through lines like that was mine because that's a storyline that's familiar to my growth and journey. But I also thought like the story of Alicia, who is the girlfriend of the woman who has cancer, she's kind of there and she's the most reticent. She's like, you guys, and she's black, which is important because she's like, you don't understand who this will impact. Like, yes, their whole goal is to make oil prices like become untenable and then, and thus shift the course of like the oil industry. But she's like, the people that will be affected by this are poor people, are people of color, are like the low-income people. You might not be putting a gun to their head and killing them, but you are going to be punishing people who aren't the prop who aren't the source of the problem. And I thought having her was important because again, that echoes a very real and concerning part of any sort of activism. And the um 
<clears throat> kind of intersectional issues where I don't know, it, it just became interesting to have all these discourse, but also still have them in a shared common goal. Yeah, well, and then they're also really concerned about like the media and how their image is going to be portrayed yeah. afterwards because they're like, okay, well, we can go and blow up this pipeline and sure that'll impact oil prices and, you know, whatever. But also, like, we want to make sure that we don't get pinned with this as like these crazy people who are extremists and like they want their story to be portrayed yeah. correctly as to like why they're doing what they're doing and how that is impacting things and that they've thought through it. So I, yeah, it's so interesting how many different ways of kind of looking at this issue they managed to pack into a, like a what 90 minute movie or two hours, yeah. however long it is. Like, cause I, I do think that they look at a bunch of different nuances that are not that like a lesser movie would not be examining. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me a lot of the book The Overstory, which is one I obsessed over when it came out like last year um or the year before. Um which is also I think that book game <laughs> like in 2019 <laughs> shall be time flies but that definitely came out when It was a when... covid book, you're right. Yeah, it was like reading. it definitely came out before Man. while I was still at LGR. I so I know. Oh, but it is so good and it's like similarly about these radicalized not even radicalized just these people who are dealing with um eco terrorism i guess is what we're calling it um but similarly they all come from different walks of life and the book does a good job of obviously it's a book so it's much more extensive but they they color in these people's lives and and how there's so many different ways to wake up and realize like oh shit this is a this is a big problem um and i think this movie makes it a more palatable conversation because it is kind of like holding its cards back, you know, because um, like you said, there's just so many nuances to it and there is no like clean cut answer or solution. And that's why so much time has been wasted just talking, talking, talking about this issue and trying to find your like your big baddie to put all the blame on when there isn't like we're all contributing to the problem and there's not one person we can take out or like you know one company we can close down to save us right and so I think having movies like this where the discourse is simply like well what are you gonna do about it is more impactful than maybe a biopic about like I don't know some individual like (laughs) Greta Thunberg type like it's like we have to stop using media as like this chance to sit back and be like, oh, I'm so glad someone else is taking care of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, the the problem is, is that the people who are making the planet terrible are these giant corporations. Yeah. Um, and they have, you know, the power to make big change while a lot of times humans have the power to make very tiny changes. And yeah. so it's like <laughs> you sorting through your recycling or whatever, like, yes, is helpful, but is not oh, yeah. doing nothing in, or is doing nothing in comparison to, you know, these giant oil companies that are you know pumping hundreds of millions of dollars of um, yeah. oil around the country and whatever. And then also on top of that, you have all of the international companies where it's like U.S. doesn't even have like regulations over them. So it, yeah. It's like we the US can do whatever, but you know, if the company is located in China or Iran or whatever, like they don't necessarily have to follow those 
rules, which is very discouraging. And yeah, this movie, I think, does like it gives you a little bit more agency than a lot of movies do about this topic. Um, Like, I think some some of that is, you know, it's just the movies and like, can you actually do this? Like, probably not um, ill advised. But I don't know. It does. It does make you think. Um, and and I think that the thing that's most powerful for you know the world as a whole is just this idea that people that this impacts so many people in so many different ways. But that like people are really getting fed up with it and are starting to sort of like take action into their own hands. And I think that that is sort of terrifying if you are a I don't know a a corporation a politician (laughs) to be thinking about like okay like more and more people are sort of like getting fed up and radicalized with this and like what does that look like for me as somebody who's like sitting here not really doing anything um I mean I don't know I feel like I'm a fairly optimistic person (laughs) about things in general but I'm sort of like this movie feels like the comeuppance is coming for some people and I I hope that it just continues to lead in that direction where more and more people are getting pissed off and you know hopefully that results in yeah change I at mean, some point. exactly it's like we just keep trying the same thing and it's not working right like it's like oh man <laughs> like I feel like this was validating for me in a lot of ways because like I said it is something I talk a lot about at therapy which is a privilege in itself to just be able to sit there and talk about my feelings you know because so often people's excuse is that it's not tangible to them now or it's like oh it just means the weather's warmer what's the big deal but I think this movie does a good job of highlighting that this is affecting people now and even if it's not killing your friends even if your community is not the one without water even if your community is not being like farmed out for other you know it's like this is happening to real people and it's not just like oh faraway countries and even if it was just faraway countries it still matters and I think it's important that movies like this get made and talked about just because I think so often the majority of people want to just believe, you know, the louder voices that it's like, oh, it's fine. I don't feel a different. It's fine. It hasn't touched me. It's fine. And it's like, no, like this is going to get worse and <laughs> it's not going to be made better just because you're comfortable in your bubble right now. Like, do I think I will have the worst time with the threat of global warming? No. Like it's already impacting people much worse than it is me. And yet I still feel like existential dread that I like wrestle with daily on like the point, right? And like I'm not trying to be depressing because I think this movie does a good job of being realistic but also allowing that validation to empower rather than rather than like dissuade you from trying to care. And I think that's what it's asking us to do at the very least is just care. Like just think yeah. about it a little bit harder than we have. 
it 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 is a very hopeful movie i think in a lot of ways it's it's a call to action it's showing these people fighting but i think it also is showing this younger generation being like yeah we're not going to sit around here and take this like other people have and we're not going to be a continuation of this problem we're going to like work and fight and figure out how to change this and that is in and of itself really exciting um you know i was thinking this came out or I saw this shortly before all of the um, I think it was shortly before. Yeah. All of the sort of um, situation with the Tennessee shootings and then the congressman being kicked out and then being voted back in and all of the, you know, marches and stuff regarding that. Um, and then obviously everything that's going on in Florida right now and just watching all of the like young people in particular sort of like storm these capitals and be making scenes and pushing for things um, I think is really encouraging in a lot of ways because like, I don't know. I feel like when I was in high school, like on our generation, like we were not pushing for, you know, sort of anything to, happen and that it's taken us a lot longer to sort of realize hey we need to be like doing something about this and so I think it is really nice to see a generation who is still like in high school in college and have already figured that out and are already working hard to do that um and you know like getting jobs and and studying things that are proactively working in that direction um so I thought that this movie because it has sort of that like youthful fight to it was a lot more optimistic than something like um, first reformed was, which feels like a very like gen X sort of response to these things of like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, <laughs> let me just, you know, off myself and, and be, be gone. Um, yeah. Where Gen Z feels like that they're not really uh, down to be, you know, just chilling and letting bad things happen. Well, yeah. And there's like a lesson in there for us too, because I think it's like, I think one thing that I really appreciate about this isn't just like the individuals feeling like, ah, I got to get them. It's more, and I think this is in the book as well, is that we have so much language around like, oh my gosh, eco-terrorism. Like you shouldn't do that. That's violent. That's bad. That's mean. That's cruel. And we apply that to these individuals trying to make statements, trying to cause scenes, trying to ruffle feathers or whatever. But then you have things like, you know, oil pipelines and and chemical bursts on trains and water in Flint still being non-potable. And like all of this sort of stuff that should be considered violent and should be talked about as acts of violence on the people in these communities suffering is kind of like washed away. And so this flips it on the head where it's like, yeah, they're doing this violent act, but they have had violence like like we all have just like thrust upon us through these different kind of conglomerates that don't – that get away with it because there's not like a label for it being bad. It's just accepted. But it's like, you know, I just loved the like nitty-gritty simplicity of like – the doctor being like, oh, yeah, we've seen patterns of this sort of cancer pop up around people growing by these, you know, plants or or the 
indigenous like mother being like, well, we are, we're making a difference with the conservancy and the anger of her son being like, we're not making a difference. We're losing everything. And just like these, these really like tangible moments of just recognizing that the violence isn't in these kids taking action and being very cautious to not physically hurt humans, but instead being thoughtful about what they could do that would cause the least amount of damage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important reframing of like, and they say it in the finale, like the final speech is basically ends with this wasn't terrorism. This is an act of self-defense. And I think that was just so refreshing a refrain that we're kind of taking back the power and being like, sure, you might see this, you know, vigilante stuff as violent, but like, what is it reacting to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like what we need now is for, honestly, this film to get into the hands of, like, Candace Owens and and some Republicans. Because I do feel like part of the reason why this movie has not got more traction yet is because there hasn't been more sort of an uproar about it. Like, don't you think a little backlash that's like, I can't believe that they're advocating destroying property would really, like, get a lot of uh, gusto and eyes on this? I think, Matt, what you're realizing is that the left and the right have a shared financier, and that is oil, and that is gas, and there is a sense of wanting the status quo to remain the same. So I do not see, you know anyone on the left really like trumpeting this as the best film or even like Biden getting behind it. Like sure, it might end up on Obama's like year roundup, but I think there's a lot of people on the left who don't like this message either. And um, I, (laughs) I don't think, you know, as you move up, like the tangled web of corruption and money and like greed and power, like blah, blah, blah it gets pretty cloudy. And so I really think this is going to be a word of mouth movie if it's anything at all, because just like they couldn't find people willing to take the pitch meeting when they knew what the movie was about. I don't think they'll get the sort of like wide praise that will suddenly have this like popping up meaningfully. Yeah. I think though that like even in the film community that, you know, I'm in on Twitter and stuff of people who I don't think have really any relationship to um, oil in any regard. I feel like there's just like, it's just such a small movie that not that many people have seen. Yes. And I feel like it needs some like uh, something newsy um, <laughs> to sort of somehow. Right. Get I'm saying it the news won't conversation. The news will not be. Right. I know. <laughs> but I, but like, you know, if if Ben Shapiro starts tweeting yeah. about it um, yeah, and yeah. how terrible it is, like, There's you know. Yeah, gotta, I did we, see the National in- Inquirer or whatever that, like, conservative newspaper was like, this is going to make, you know, this is going to be a leading cause of violence and the left will have to deal with it type thing. Or, like, even the FBI, I guess, got a bunch of warnings that this might lead to <laughs> attacks or something they issued an alert that this might could inspire attacks on the energy infrastructure across like 23 states so it's like I mean, people are aware could. of it but they're kind of like yeah. <laughs> trying not to draw attention to it i mean it is sort of like one of those things where you don't know that it's a possibility and then when you hear about it you're like wait a second like, you mm, know yeah 
it's like when I did my insider trading training at <laughs> work where I was like, I don't know what this is, but now that you've told me that it's a thing that I could be doing and making money, mm-hmm. it's like, well, now I have to consider it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think, you know, the creators joked about like adding a bibliography to their um, in, in credits to like show people <clears throat> how to build a pipe, how to blow up a pipeline. Mm. But it's like, yeah, it. It's a messy place to be. Like, I don't want to go on record saying that, like, sign me up. But. (laughs) Shelby, you have to wait a couple more years so that I could be in a place that I can adopt Penny once you are in jail. I know. That's that's honestly, yeah. Like, I think if anyone listening wants to, like, understand Shelby's brain this is a good movie to start with like I I really did feel like as it started I was like oh shoot is this gonna be like am I gonna have a panic attack in the movie theater because it was like there were too many truths being like verified for me and then seeing what the characters did when they were faced with that same anxiety and depression and concern I was like hmm <laughs> But I knew you would like it. I saw it and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, Shelby needs to see yeah. this. And I do I do agree that it's just even stripping that away, it's a very well-made, very tense, good, action-y type of like heisty thriller. So it hits all the right beats. It moves very fast. You're, you're swept up, edge of your seat style, um, anxiety, and this – do I root for them? Do I not? And I do want to touch on the like twist because the only white like characters in the movie were these anarchists who kind of had no real, they didn't have the same sort of emotional depth that the other characters had where they were, you know, minorities struggling with the burdens of class and race and all of this. They just kind of showed up as like the... <laughs> They were like drunk, drugged out and having sex all the time. And I was worried that it was like, oh, great. Here's this white girl. She's going to ruin the whole thing because she's like texting someone during it. And it seems like she's feeding intel to the FBI. And then when it's revealed in her flashback, which is the last one, that she was an FBI informant, I was like, damn it. This is too this is true. This is real life. This is how it would go, but I wish it didn't. And I liked that they they didn't they could have leaned into that and it would have still been a great movie, but instead they flip it where she was able to do one thing really well <laughs> after failing throughout most of the movie and she fed like bad intel and was able to sort of like build up with the other women like this final plan this final piece to the puzzle and I thought that was a clever twist in a movie that was kind of you know built around predictable uh, beats yeah well it was sort of like she was so dumb that that, like the cops like were like clearly she's not like like whatever (laughs) she's telling us is accurate because she's not smart (laughs) enough to pull anything over on us yeah and I like that she just like she took that one like yes she still benefited from it and she got away with it in a way that no one else would have but like I liked that the twist ended up being that she wasn't 
really selling them out that she had kind of come clean about it and was working with them to make it work for them. Mm-hmm. So that was nice because I was worried there. <laughs> yeah, no, but the the movie's so like yeah, it's just so well constructed. The tenseness is so great because it's like they have these bombs, and then it's like once you kind of realize that the bomb could go off at any moment, like the entire process of them like building it and transporting yeah. it and hooking it up to things like all of those moments were tense and then you know there's they're trying to figure out oh like is somebody else watching them there's a drone involved like is uh, like there's you know security roving around like it's just so great as a heist movie like even yeah. separate from the environmental issues yeah it's top notch. Yeah. Also, it was like the second film in two weeks that I had seen that involved a drone in the desert because that's also a big plot point of Fall, the movie where they <laughs> climb up the um, oh, shoot, no spoilers. radio tower. <laughs> you need to watch it, Shelby, because that's I know. actually – I watched it on a plane. Granted, I watched the first half like on somebody else's <laughs> screen, so I had got no volume, but then he stopped the movie and then I had to turn it on myself because I wanted to know what happened. <laughs> Excuse me. You almost got in a fist fight on an airplane over it. I I literally check when it like multiple times throughout whenever I remember it to see if it's streaming anywhere and it never is. Is it not on Peacock? No. Oh, I it's it w- on stars it- now, but I don't have stars. Uh, so. I was going to say it definitely was on Peacock at some point because I wrote I about it. I guarantee you. It was not. I have been having my eye on that movie for since it was released, since it was pr- the trailer dropped. Okay, but it's fine. It's fine. I'll get around to it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought this was a nice. I'm glad we did this instead of ghosted. Um, you know, no one needs another bad rom com in your life. But I thought this was good, and I hope more people see it. I I went on decider to see if you know like where this was streaming and it's all you can you could rent it on amazon but there's there's another article that says is fall based on a true story and having watched it i'm like ah, like <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> there is no way on hell that the events of this movie are uh <laughs> based, came from something else yeah based on a true story of two people I hiking guess. that's the that's the origin <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't remember what we're doing next week. Um, I know this is a little bit of a brief of an episode, but we got to the highlights. Yeah, is uh is Fast and the Furious comes out here shortly. A lot of good stuff comes out. Yes, I think there's another Marvel movie that's on the way too. Guardians, yeah. Guardians, yes. Guardians um, fast. I guess we have to see Little Mermaid, even though those characters continue oh, yeah. to I think that horrifying. might actually be next week. I don't think it's that soon. I think it's mid-May. Oh, is it? Let me look at the 2023 movies Wikipedia page. <laughs> this is the greatest. Like, if you're not if you're not actively using this Wikipedia page, list of American films of 2023, like you guys need to get on it because it is so helpful. <laughs> um, and it's and it has Netflix movies and stuff, like even theater things that aren't okay, going okay, into theaters. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, this weekend is it dead. Peter Pan and Wendy is going to be on Disney Plus. I oh. didn't even know that was coming out. But also, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I feel like that could be a movie you would like. Yeah, I never read that book. The puberty one, and then Guardians of the Galaxy is next week. The the following week. Yes, like right. that comes out May fifth. Cute. 
And then there's a week that I will be in Fire Island, so we'll have to skip, but nothing good is coming out that week, thankfully. And then the Fast and the Furious movies the following week. So oh, perfect. We oh, as long as that's not interrupted. I'm glad. Yeah, and then Little Mermaid is the week after that. Okay, yeah, we've got we've got our schedule lined up. Oh, and then Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Barbie's coming out soon. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Oh, Everybody's yes. so wait. excited for that. <laughs> The Flash, ooh, oh, man. a new Wes Anderson movie called Asteroid City. You'll oh, love that. Wow. That's the a Oppenheimer real movie, choice right there. Whoa, uh, three for three. Indiana honestly. Jones five. And that one rises to the top already. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's um a Harold and the Purple Crayon uh, movie. Oh, perfect! I love Zoe a Deschanel good. <laughs> okay, well, yes, we will uh be sign off, but we'll see you guys next Tuesday for our pop culture roundup, and then um. We'll figure out what we're doing next week. Mm, um, yeah. But we'll finally watch Super Mario. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could. It's the first billion dollar movie of the year. But congrats. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if Shelby's not in jail next week, we'll be <laughs> returning. Uh, talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye.